You're listening to 66.6 FM. Radio TOVH. The Flush. Well, hey there, everybody. It's me, Joe Thrashenkill. You're listening to another thrilling episode of The Toilet of Hell Radio Show. Joined today by my esteemed colleague, The 365 Days of Horror. Or as I like to call him, Jordan. Jordan, how are you? I'm good. What makes me esteemed? I'm curious. I mean, like, how many colleagues do I have? Like, mm-hmm. I think it's just you. That makes you pretty. Yeah. Este- that makes you pretty esteemed in my book. You know, we have like a WeWork situation where we own an entire floor in a skyscraper, and it's just one desk on one side is you, and then the complete other side of the floor is me. And then we just yell back and forth at each other. So I spent about two to three years of my life surviving layoffs at one company <laughs> where um, we uh, we the company owned the entire floor of this huge office building downtown like I don't know fucking 20,000 square feet if not much much more I'm bad at estimating at the size because it was big and it literally got down to me and four other people to cover this entire place uh, and when I tell you that it felt like going to work like in a graveyard every day, <laughs> you have just no you, idea. Just you on one side of the building telling me about some story. And I'm like, what? Like uh, the one of the other guys I worked with, he got a Razor scooter to just like <laughs> zip around this empty ass office. Uh, dodging that many rounds of layoffs, I really felt like I was in fucking Nam or something like that. Like, just completely, <laughs> completely dead-eyed to the world around me. Just ready to frag your CEO in the back? <laughs> it, more than anything, yes. <laughs> those layoffs were the direct result of that guy. But to his credit, he did pay me for all of those years that I barely worked, which did launch the toilet of hell because I had a lot of free time at the time. So there you go. So in an indirect way, they started the toilet of hell. In an indirect way, do you know what this year marks, Jordan? Uh, I do not. Ten years of the toilet of hell. That's crazy. That is crazy, is it not? Like I, we shouldn't have lasted more than six months. No, and a lot of people didn't think we would. The haters, uh, and they, they were right. Like they they were right to hate on us. Uh, unfortunately, that was literally the only, the only motivating factor to keep this going. So spite fueled this thing for over a decade now. It's it's true. I mean, that's part of the reason why I've kept doing it is because fuck you. Yeah. But uh, we should do an in memoriam for all the past writers who have come and gone. <laughs> people, that would... wrote like, people that wrote like two articles but still have in their Twitter profile contributor to Total of Hell. Absolutely. Uh, we needed to mark the occasion of part one of the Hellfest article. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reference for people who've been around more than like seven years. Let's let's go real old school. How do you feel about dropping the gloves? <laughs> that is a reference that only the oldest of the oldest contributors know about. And people have been reading the site for a long time. For one brief shining moment, there was... Possibly the longest article that's been <laughs> on the website that was about like the upcoming hockey season in 2012, 20, 2016. It, it would have been like probably 2015, I guess. Something like that. And it was like unasked for. Someone just randomly was just like, hey, I have this article. Please post. And we went, OK. And uh, a lot of the people did not like it. We never heard from that person again. It's pretty bad, to be honest with you. Um, it, it was, the, as you mentioned, the longest 
Longest thing we've ever published and about a thing that most people, I would say, don't care about. <laughs> and if you go back, there's plenty of other stuff like that that just came and went. And some of the writers came and went and some show up again and are just really like, I wrote this article. Here you go. It's like, where All have right. you been for the past six years? It's fine. I'll publish it. I don't give a shit. <clears throat> uh, it's that attitude. The I don't give a shit. Sure, I'll, pu- I'll publish it uh, thing that has kept this site going for so long. It's better than some of the other like strict websites out there that have word counts or want you to specifically cover some things or uh, some of the writers feel compelled to write about anything just because they have to. Yeah. Like reviewing an album you clearly hate instead of just going, oh, I'm just not going to talk about it. You just talk about it anyway. I mean, like <clears throat> what we have done over the last 10 years is essentially outlive blogs. Like every blog essentially is dead, but we mm-hmm. did, we're alive because we have none of the profit motives that they have. <laughs> I mean, most like, of the, the better known ones are owned by the orchard or some other company. Yeah. Um, and you know, those other ones that either died or they're still chugging along with a ghost crew, they have goals. We did, we never had a goal. And I think that's what's kept it alive is that it doesn't make sense. It defies all logic to keep doing a thing strictly out of spite obligation because we feel like it. I don't know. It makes me kind of proud, though, uh, to be illogical in a in, uh, completely illogical time. You know, I mean, we also entertain ourselves by doing this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like as much as other people may enjoy listening to the show, we do this because we have fun doing it. Um, this year we will get more episodes than listeners. <laughs> well, this year we're gonna hit number five hundred. So, um, again, we we've been doing the podcast way longer than we should have. Um, if you read any of the like um, unsolicited emails I get from all of the podcast host shit about how to grow your podcast, which I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, Basically, they say if you don't reach a certain point by a certain time, like you probably need to change things or pack it in. And I'm never going to do that, man. I'm I'm going to do this because I feel like it. And that's it. I mean, honestly, what would you want to change about this? Like beyond SEO, trying to get the most listeners at one point or another, like <clears throat> content wise, eh. I don't I guess, think there's anything else I'd really want to do all that much. Like you could do deep dives on like albums and stuff like that, but that seems kind of boring. It does seem kind of boring. And also it's like, why do we want to get more people to listen to this? That's only going to open myself up to getting in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get sued or you're just going to get lots of angry emails. Exactly. And I don't want that. I want people to like me. So we'll keep doing this whole thing as it is. And that's going to be okay with me. Is it okay with you? It's okay with me. All right. Well then, fuck it. Let's let's dive into this episode. What do we got going on this week? Uh there's some news out there. Um do we want to start with like a we told you so? Do we want to start with yes, we've known this all along? Do we want to start with the slow decline of uh an <laughs> extremely popular band that is very much going to break up within the next couple of years? It's a dealer's choice. Uh let's go with an I told you so. Blue Ridge Rock Festival organizers issue new statement regarding refunds for the ill-fated festival. Hmm. Now, 
when we last talked about Blue Ridge Rock Festival, we were talking about how the founder of this thing is very, very young and has uh, some strange connections to evangelical churches and such. And we speculated that the money was funny. Did we not? He is a marching on young Christian soldier uh, who somehow got the money to book like every rock and a lot of metal bands <clears throat> over the past couple of years, including enough money to like have these bands reform or convince them to play albums in full uh, in this region where it's lots of people go to these shows. Don't get me wrong. It's not yeah. like we threw a concert and no one showed up. It's you're getting thousands and thousands of people. And over the years, it's been having like little trouble here and there. Like people can't park. People are having trouble getting buses to get in all sorts of little things. But over the past summer, they had a whole bunch of problems at the same time. Some of which was like big storms coming through and, just there's not enough staff. The staff was going to protest and quit. Uh, tickets weren't being honored. There's trash everywhere, all sorts of bad stuff. And multiple days were canceled of this. And we said at the time, like, there's no way they're going to be able to like refund all of this. There's no way they're going to be able to make up for this. It may be the last show that they yes. ever do. Uh, so on the PRP, they cover this and it's been in other places. Organizers of the Blue Ridge Rock Festival have issued a new statement explaining the ongoing delay in refunds for those who attended the seemingly doomed fest. While inclement weather battered the festival initially, the ultimate cause of its untimely cancellation this past September has become more murky. Festival organizers have maintained that the event was canceled solely to weather. However, on the ground reports from workers in the media alleged logistical disorder from behind the scenes, a worker strike and more, all having played into the partial cancellation. The Alton, Virginia event was billed as America's largest rock and camping festival and was booked to feature headlining sets from Slipknot, Pantera, Shinedown, and more. This was also the festival where like the shows were canceled and then like members of Papa Roach did an acoustic song with the you know Virginia conservative man guy that we haven't oh, heard about since. fuck yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was a real flash in the pan, wasn't it? Yeah, whatever happened to that guy? I assume it had to do with like finding his browser history. <laughs> I assume there's a DC think tank just studying him to see how they can extract his essence and turn it into their favor. It's, uh, I mean, like the entire thing was concocted from the start, but uh, yeah, I, th I think that uh, I think that's the last we hear of the. I don't even know what the fucker's name was. The ginger guy. Yeah, Chudsey Maga Min. That's the guy. Uh, while numerous bands did get to perform, the fest was ultimately cut short, leading to a backlash from angry fans that has persisted to this day. Speaking today, December 29th, the following statement was issued via the festival's social media. We are extremely sorry for the delay in providing a clear resolution for 2023's partial cancellation. We know that frustrations are continuing to compound and fans deserve more communication and information from us. It has pained us immensely that we have not been permitted to do so thus far. I hate that uh, it's painting them. Oh, uh, if it wasn't for these lawyers, we'd be telling you all about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the first time, we have recently been given permission to issue this more complete statement. Our event had the benefit of festival interruption. Well, that's a weird sentence. Yeah. Okay, no, I, I should have kept reading. My fault. 
Our event had the benefit of festival interruption and abandonment insurance. Ah, okay. Receiving coverage for a claim of this magnitude takes a considerable amount of time. The firms representing the festival expect a response to the claim in the first quarter of 2024 or shortly thereafter. So the second or the third or the fourth quarter. After the response from the insurance companies, we will update all of you and begin the process of providing complete resolutions for everyone. Our insurance policy has language restricting our public pronouncements until the claim is settled. This is the reason we have largely been silent. It has been incredibly difficult to not publicize evidence to refute many of the reports surrounding the festival. However, we are unwilling to jeopardize the recovery of the policy for you, the fans, prejudice our rights, or prejudice the insurance carrier's rights. We eagerly await the moment where we can provide full transparency. The unanticipated sudden extraordinary storms which put fans, crews, bands, and the event in grave danger were incredibly unfortunate. The damage caused by these storms has yet to be fully revealed. Hmm. Despite the... <laughs> it was six months ago. It's yeah, pretty man. sure it's been revealed. <clears throat> Despite the time this process has taken, we have not stopped working diligently on your behalf. The moment we have the authority, we will address everything in full. This has been brutal for all of us. We continue to work tire tirelessly to ensure a timely resolution and have taken every step possible on our end to shorten the process. We fully understand the animosity that many of you feel towards the situation. There is so much more to this story that has come that than what has come to light. A special thank you to those of you who have continued to support us during these hard times. Your patience and grace has been a testament to the passionate community that surrounds this event and built it to the largest on the continent. It goes without saying that we should be nothing without each of you, the Blue Ridge Rock Festival team. Well, I mean, it's a good thing that the economy is so good so that people can wait like six, nine, 12 months for a, like a $400 refund. So I'm sure that everyone's going to be pleased about this. And the, it goes back to them claiming that like it was canceled just due to weather. Right. It's just an insurance thing. It's mm -hmm. not because of all these other well-documented problems. So they're hoping to get this insurance money and maybe some of that will trickle down into actual refunds for people. Yeah, uh, that is that is an interesting thing. Like, there is so much like um, delicate wordage here. <laughs> it's like Try act of God versus this was a flood. Yeah, act of God versus flood versus like alienating our crew and so they quit on Moss. You know, <laughs> um, I don't know if that's covered by insurance, like abusing your staff so much they all walk out. I I couldn't tell you. Um, it, it probably is to be honest. They probably have some sort of insurance or a clause or who knows what people signed to work for them or to volunteer for them that probably protects them. I mean, do you really read any of the terms of service agreements? No, we just scroll down, click yes, I read it, and okay. And whatever's in there is in there. I mean, with these guys in particular, though, they have a lawyer that's reading this shit and that they need to basically select how much they're going to pay for insurance, which which coverage they need. And it's not cheap because these things are fucking risky <laughs> so they've been doing this a while you would assume they'd go with pretty good insurance yeah you'd think so we'll find out though i don't think that anybody's ever gonna get their money back uh to be honest with you probably not the most you could hope for is like a meal voucher at next year's festival yeah yeah free t-shirt uh for the 2024 uh blue ridge rock fest festival yeah 
It's, some people may get some money. Like, isn't there like ticket insurance too? I have. Is there? I think there is at least through like Ticketmaster and a couple of other like maybe what Ticketfly. You can purchase ticket insurance in case you think the show is going to be canceled. Like I know, uh, I had that for a show that was canceled uh, during COVID, so I ended up mm. getting all the money back. But um, it is a thing. Who knows if they had that option for this festival probably not i would assume this festival is rain or shine and then it rained and everyone oops whoops uh no no show Bummer. it's like when a ticket says no moshing allowed and if you get kicked in the back of the head you're like well the ticket said no moshing allowed it's not our fault that's true um i got crowd killed by a uh by an elderly man and uh and lost all my teeth now i can't do anything about it by a 48-year-old man with no neck and agnostic front tattoo on his head. <laughs> it's more likely than you think. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm interested to see uh, where this goes, if uh, like these uh, Lynchburg mafia types are going to break some uh, knees over it or, uh, or what's going to go on, you know? And I wonder how this all rolls up to their involvement with the church. Like, do you get the insurance money? and the tax break out of this? Like, are they going to come out better than ever thanks to all of these things? I mean, probably, to be honest with you. Like, the way that uh, everything's set up is that you really can't lose. So uh, I assume that they're going to they're gonna do okay with it. And, you know, despite that it seems like a big disaster, uh, they'll actually come out in the, you know, in the green, in the black, and, uh, and do this again next year without, you know, without thinking too much about it. Oh, they can go for the hat trick, the businessman's hat trick. You get the insurance money, you get the nonprofit tax money, and then you declare bankruptcy. I it's, it might happen. It might happen. You know, Blue Ridge Rock Fest LLC getting disbanded, but getting rolled up into I don't know um, the first United Baptist Church of like Lynchburg instead. Uh, I I could see that happening. Um, but you know we need to take this seriously uh, because. This is, of course, a, a fiduciary disaster. This is a waste of uh, government financial resources, the types of which Rand Paul warned me about. Did he also warn you about this? I think he was too busy praying to Aqua Buddha to warn me about it. Well, I, I will have you know <clears throat> that Rand Paul, uh, in his annual Festivus report of wasteful government spending, by the way, I love that um, Rand Paul does the the Festivus report. It shows that he's like a real person because he's familiar with a 30-year-old Seinfeld bit. A Seinfeld bit that probably one of his staffers had to tell him about. Right, right. So, you know, he's um, he's hip, he's with it, and he's warning us all about this wasteful government spending. Now, I don't know if you know about this, Jordan, but the government spends a lot of money. But it has to come from somewhere. It has to come from uh, a, a revenue source. And did you know who that revenue source is? Uh, the richest 1% of America? <laughs> um, unfortunately, yes, they have been long burdened with too high of taxes. Uh, and we need to do something about that. Um, <clears throat> he has a, a report of uh, wasteful government spending. I didn't see anything about uh, the Department of Defense again failing their military audit for like the thousandth time in a row, just be unable to account for trillions of dollars of spending across the entirety of the armed services, contractors, 
et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just bigger and bigger and bigger planes that nobody wants and never actually gets made. Uh, planes that are guaranteed to murder their pilot when it rains. <laughs> uh, I see you've heard of the Osprey as well. Yeah. My idea is to combine the F-35 with the Osprey. I call it the Widowmaker. <laughs> the F-69. <laughs> Um, no, instead of uh, going through the uh, the actual brunt of wasteful government spending, he found this instead, uh, that $200 million was doled out to, quote, dozens of famous music artists and their touring companies under the Small Business Administration's Shuttered Venue Operators Grant. Now, this program was supposed to provide a lifeline to small entertainment businesses nationwide, but... So-called small business owners like Post Malone, Lil Wayne, Chris Brown, and Smashing Pumpkins received up to $10 million each. Even the dreaded uh, blight of Canada, uh, Nickelback, received $2 million. And I guess my question is, why is a Canadian artist getting money from this? Probably you know? because they have an American arm of their LLC. I guess that makes sense. Um, let's see. Usher got $3.1 million. <clears throat> Leanne Rhymes, who I did not know was still making music, got $2 million. Melissa Etheridge, $3.9 million. Korn, $5.3 million. And Slipknot, $9.7 million out of our hard-earned tax dollars. What do you think about that? I think those numbers are pretty low, all things considered. <clears throat> I, I have to assume like Melissa Etheridge isn't getting all that money just for herself. It is going to whatever, whoever runs their LLCs, if they have touring crews. I mean, at least I hope this money is going to them. Um, I don't know. It's in the grand scheme of things like, no, two million dollars to Nickelback doesn't seem like that much money i guess i mean i just know that like the department of defense contracts with like cisco for like four hundred dollar sandwiches in the cafeteria at the pentagon right yeah yeah a billion dollars for chicken fingers right i know um, i know exactly how money moves across the government it, this team this is pretty fucking small potatoes <laughs> it's small and uh, presumably it actually helped people at least on a hopefully on an individual level more than some of these other like Tom Brady getting millions and millions of dollars for oh, yeah. his companies or, or, um, or, or we need to talk about the gunslinger getting millions of dollars from the state of Mississippi <laughs> or just all these people, these average Joes who scammed the yeah. PPP just getting their millions of dollars for companies that don't exist so that they can buy Lamborghinis. Honestly, that's on me, dude. Like, I never um, registered Toilet of Hell, and I wish I had so that we could have gotten a PPP loan. I fucked up. That's me. Just blow all the money anyway. Yeah. I mean, well, duh, but like, <laughs> we could have got like a pinball machine. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been fun in our big empty uh, offices. Yeah. Just my desk on one side, yours on the other, and a pinball machine in the middle. And we just race towards it, see that's who the, gets to play it first. That's the American dream. It says here, um, <clears throat> while some of these, some may claim these funds were used to keep supporting staff, artists were not required to do so. And we have no way of determining how these blank checks were used. And I got to say here, first of all, a blank check 
uh, does not have a predetermined number on it as a, these appear to have. So right. learn what that means, you fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Davis is just swimming in uh, diamond encrusted plates and goblets and didn't just like buy a couple of Adidas tracksuits. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> do we know where the money went? No, but like, does it matter? Not also not really. It's fine. Uh, working. It, it's people... one of those made up things. It's like, oh, they got three million dollars. So yeah, <laughs> it doesn't affect me in my day to day life. Yeah. Did like these guys roadies get anything out of it? Probably not because working people get fucked every single day. And why should this be any different? But uh, that's that's just how this goes. We're looking at the big fucking faucet of money that flows from my pockets to elsewhere. Again, most of my ire lies with the people that manufacture bombs and shit like that. You know, I don't, I don't really, I don't really want to be a part of that. Can I like just give money to, you know, Usher and not to, and not to the Department of Defense or the CIA or any of these people? That'd be great. I would like to opt out, please. Thank you. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to suggest that as a way uh, of filing taxes, you can like mark little check boxes. Where do you want your dollars to go? It's like uh, education, the arts. Uh, do not, do not please use this for blood money. I, thank you. <laughs> you can donate three dollars to the presidential campaign fund if you. Oh want. yeah, I. You know, I'm clicking that box every year. <laughs> Please, won't you think of the poor politicians that they can run endless ads? Anyway, um, I don't know. That's that's just something that I I always get a tickle from whenever someone like Rand Paul complains about taxes going to the arts as opposed to where they really go. And this is the same guy who at one point said he supported drones killing thieves stealing from like liquor stores. Of course, of course you do. That's a perfect libertarian stance, isn't it? Like the government should extra extrajudicially execute American citizens because the liberty of like protecting my bottles of Malort. <laughs> I expected more from the guy who made up his own board certification so he could become an eye doctor. Uh, I know it's a dead joke or whatever, but like I really wish his neighbor would have finished the job. Really wish COVID would have finished the job. No, yeah. he's like legitimately sick now after getting the shit beaten out of him like puncturing his lungs and getting covid all filled throughout as well i'm sure that he doesn't breathe clear anymore you know how uh, republicans conservatives do this a lot where someone is a shithead for one reason or another and they go viral among the conservative blogosphere and then they invite them to speeches or you come to the state of the union as my guest. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, the kid that murdered a bunch of people during the uh, Black Lives Matter protests. Exactly. How has no one invited Rand Paul's neighbor to something? I think that um, Rand Paul's neighbor, if I if I recall correctly, he's uh, he's also like a wealthy right wing shithead. He just <laughs> he just really hated how he was treating him uh, with his like leaves and stuff. So, I mean, but, but even on like the conservative side, they all kind of hate each other. That's true. <laughs> So I'm surprised, I don't know, Chip Roy didn't invite him or some other senator that just really dislikes Rand Paul because he's extremely dislikable. Oh, certainly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I miss the days when people got into uh, fistfights and caning matches in the uh, in, in our Congress. I think we need to go back to it. And I think, honestly, we will go back to that shortly. <laughs> We're getting close. I, yeah. I, could, I could see like John Fetterman wringing Ted Cruz's neck. 
Um, I I don't know if he has like the the muscle control anymore for that, but yeah, like I, I something similar for sure. Well, you could blame it on not having the muscle control. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I got this metal condition that makes me throttle you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is proof that this is all mostly uh, theater because nobody has actually, you know, put two in Ted Cruz's dome. <laughs> uh, moving on here a little bit, though, we, we should discuss something else. What, what do you have in front of you here? Uh, we can go more of the money legal route if you'd like. Why not? Everything is. Joey Jordanson's estate, Sue Slipknot, accuses his band of callously using his death as marketing for latest album. Interesting. What do you think about that? I think Slipknot's days are numbered. Well, I don't disagree with you. Uh, as we've covered, they've gone through, you know, the uh, the closing the closing scene of a uh, casino now. <laughs> Why take a chance? Everybody's getting got. <laughs> Uh, it's just uh, the, the ongoing member switching, the yeah. albums not doing as well as they used to do, and slowly growing legal mounting problems. I'd say they probably have one more album in them, and they just kind of trudge along, perhaps for a few years until they just kind of go, all right, well, that's it. We're in our 50s, and we can't do this anymore. Maybe sell the name to their kids or... You know, it becomes one of these situations where one member is left clown and mm-hmm. then you have a bunch of other hired guns and mess. I think it's going to be clown and Corey until the very bitter end. I could see them going the kiss route, to be honest with you, man. Uh, so but I mean, this... like similar to the kiss route, like they fucked over Ace Freely. <laughs> and then they just make avatars and live forever. Yeah. I think the money's too fat to to call it a day, to be honest with you. But I think that what you're going to see is that this whole ship gets badly wounded. <laughs> it's going to be like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air meme where Will Smith's character is standing in an empty living room. That's mm-hmm. just going to be clown. <laughs> According to TMZ, Joey Jordanson's estate has filed a lawsuit against Slipknot accusing the band of profiting off his death after abruptly kicking the drummer out of the group by email a decade ago. Incredible. In the lawsuit, which was filed this past June by Steamroller LLC, the successor and interest of Jordanson, Joey's estate claims this, that Slipknot has failed to give back over, quote, at least 22 items belonging to the drummer after promising to return all of Jordanson's belongings. Mm-hmm. In the complaint, which was obtained by Blabbermouth, Steamroller accuses Slipknot members Corey Taylor and Michael Sean Clown Crahan and the associated companies of failing to return musical instruments, gear, and wardrobe belonging to Joey. Steamroller also alleges that Slipknot included these items in a traveling Slipknot museum called Knotfest and lined their pockets with profit off of Jordanson's devoted fan base. After abruptly kicking Jordanson out of Slipknot in 2013, Taylor and Crahan expressly promised in a written agreement to return all of Jordanson's belongings in exchange for Jordanson's promise to release certain claims against them, the complaint reads. The agreement contained a non-exclusive list of broad items, broad categories of items that Taylor and Crahan represented were in their possession and that they were returned to Jordanson. Taylor and Crahan purported to comply with the agreement by returning certain items to Jordanson, but unbeknownst to Jordanson, they had executed the agreement with no intention of performing their obligations thereunder, hmm. and knowingly concealed from Jordanson that they possessed numerous other items belonging to Jordanson that they never returned to him. Give his shit back. 
I guess there's just drums and masks and jumpsuits in clown's basement that he's not giving back to them. I don't, I don't know. I would like to know exactly what it is that they're looking for here. Cause it seems like, yeah, just brick a brack. <laughs> well, family, friends and fans mourn the loss of legendary drummer, neither bandmate expressed condolences to Jordan's family, Jordan's family after his passing. Instead, Taylor and Crahan heartlessly sought to profit off Jordanson's death. Slipknot released a new album in 2022 titled The End So Far. Fan reviews of the album rarely miss the opportunity to lament Jordanson's absence. Taylor and Crahan callously used Jordanson's death as marketing for their new album. Taylor publicly dedicated The End So Far to Jordanson, claiming that the realization of Jordanson's passing crept in while making the, al the album. Taylor even acknowledged that he and Crahan had mistreated Jordanson in an interview telling fans that they were hoping to mend fences with him. And it's one of those things that tells you whatever you need to do, do it now, because you never know when you're going to lose somebody. Perhaps worst of all, Crahan and Taylor publicly lied to fans that they had contacted Jordanson's family to check on them and express their condolences and love for Jordanson in the wake of his passing. This was utterly false and deeply upsetting for Jordanson's family to read such a blatant lie on the internet. It's clear that Taylor and Crahan do not actually care about Jordanson or his family. They cared only about drumming up publicity and sales for the album. Well, that might be true. I don't think that's illegal necessarily. I think it's distasteful, but I don't know that you have a, a, a legal complaint with that aspect. Well, I guess this is the legal team building up a case against these people, showing them that they are cold, calculating, uncaring business people who have forgotten someone who was with the band from the beginning and is making money off of his name and memory. I mean, yeah, it's distasteful for sure. But again, uh, you got to have a little bit more than that, I guess. Well, who knows what else this stuff they may or may not have signed. It seems like there is some legalness behind this. And if they're withholding stuff, give it back. Yeah, he's got, you know, a, a bag of like original Funko Pops or something that the clown's just holding on to. I wonder if this has anything to do with Jay Weinberg getting kicked out. Uh, I don't know, man. It seems like uh, the uh, wait, didn't they kick out the uh, DJ guy or something too? They have kicked out a few people, but the yeah, key, the keyboard player. Yeah, I don't know, man. Well, I'm a... just thinking it's like uh, the scene from Goodfellas where uh, they tell Jay Weinberg he's gonna get made. <laughs> he just walks into an empty room. What the fuck? Yeah, he's uh, uh he found the box in the back of clown's basement with all of joey's stuff and then just clown shows up behind them and uh, opens a moonroof in the back of his head metaphorically and me metaphorically of course yeah no it's entirely possible man um i don't know uh did you see that uh laura jane grace of uh against me who's like uh sucks to suck fuck you jay weinberg <laughs> you're just holding bitterly on to when he left her band 12 years ago I know, to, right? <laughs> to join Slipknot. Um, yeah. Was he I, in Slipknot? Didn't, wasn't he in like Bouncing Souls for a minute and like Madball for a minute? So. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. I it's like, okay. It was kind of funny though. <laughs> I mean, he's richer and more popular than he ever would have been in your band. That's true. That's true. I don't know. I, I like when people hold on to grudges though. It means that they're just like me. Um, all right. Well, I don't know what to make of this, man, but it does seem like this band is more of a hassle than anything else for all the people that are involved. 
it seems like what's happening to them happens to a lot of uh, particularly older bands that we've talked to over the years where just years and years of playing together and being together has worn thin. People get kicked out. People quit. Uh, a few members hold on to the name and just try to make money. And there's lawyers get involved and families get involved and it's suing back and forth over and over again. And then you're like seventh day. Yeah. And that's it. Yep. That's and then from then on, uh, everything you say to like the classic rock reporter, uh, a YouTube channel with four subscribers gets transcribed and put on blabbermouth while you look old as fuck. <laughs> and you say the next album's the best one ever, and you can't wait to get on the road again. And then the band has no original members left. Yep, that, that's that's the circle of life. So uh, it's cool that you know we're finally getting to experience this with our generation. <clears throat> Um, speaking of old shit, that's all fucked up. You see that uh, Black Flag is uh, going on tour. I did see who's in the band still. Fuck man, who knows? It's Greg Ginn and like whatever scrubs he can get to go with him. <laughs> if you have the name behind you. You could probably scrounge up just about anyone. You know, even more seasoned punk veterans would be like, "Well, I get to play in Black Flag. Sure, I'll do that and make no money and end up pissed off at the end of it." Yeah, so let's see. They got uh, Harley Duggan and Charles Wiley as the bass and drummer. They're from a Seattle band called Dark Horse Rising. You ever heard of them? I do not believe so. That no. sounds like a bad AAA video game. It does, doesn't it? They got Mike Villali, uh on vocals, who uh, I think he was a skateboarder in the 80s, if I remember correctly. Might as well be with a name like that. Yeah, um, but again, like... <clears throat> Anybody that you would care about, though, is definitely not a part of this. I think that maybe one of the biggest mistakes a legacy band has ever made uh, is uh, Black Flag or the Ghosts of Black Flag or whatever. Uh, Greg Ginn, just Greg Ginn, releasing uh, the last Black Flag album, What The? Do you remember that one? I do not. Let me jog your memory. It was, in, I know that you're a connoisseur of bad album art. Literally the worst album art I've ever seen in my life for any band. No matter like if they're a big band, a small band, the worst. I want you to go ahead and Google that. What the Black Flag? Oh, yeah, that's that's very much like middle school pop punk album art. This. Yeah. Like if you were a child, this would be good album art. But like this. Maybe one of the most legacy killing things I've ever seen for a band that was known for like keen visual aesthetics. And that was entirely due to Raymond Pettibon, uh, Greg Ginn's brother, who he has not spoken to in decades, uh, who Raymond, I think he hates a lot and has never gotten paid a dime for all his black flag work. <laughs> I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for this. There's a section just on artwork. Unlike the cover art of the majority of Black Flag's catalog, what the was not designed or illustrated by Raymond Pettibon. Instead, the cover was designed by vocalist Ron Reyes. This change was very negatively received. <laughs> Gregory Adams of Acclaim described the cover as gasp-inducing <laughs> and said that it looked like a South Park character giving us the devil horns after getting juiced off a bag of fun dip. Mayor Eakin of the AV Club described it as downright hideous and said that it looked like a mashup of some slime green globs, the Warheads candy guy, and Rude Dog. 
Michael Ruffman of Consequence of Sound described it as cringeworthy and said that it was either a funny nod to 90s bumper stickers or a sign at how well of a relationship Jin still has with his brother slash former Black Flag artist Raymond Pettibon. <laughs> either way, yikes. So, um, yeah, it, it, it seems pretty dire there. But Greg is uh, trying his best to squeeze some dollars out of the thing that he devoted his entire youth to. And I can't I can't fault him for that, but you know, I'm certainly not gonna they're playing like 40 dates, and I'm certainly not gonna go see him, are you? No, this is I think in 2024 and probably into 2025, we're going to see a lot more legacy acts kind of having their last gasp. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have they're not gonna probably say it's their final tour. But looking at like the number of shows they're playing, like this is the last time that they're probably going to be able to make any sort of money because the end is near, whether it's, you know, physically or creatively or just like, you know, Black Flag will get people to come out. Like there is a generation of young music fans who want to see them because they like TV party and they'll go see them. But even the fans that grew up with it are we're all getting older we're not going to shows anymore. And with you know one original member, or in some cases, no original members, it's kind of going to be like, I don't really want to spend $60 to see some people I don't know play songs I could listen to, like on original vinyl or cassette or just on a streaming service. Yeah. You know, they'll, you'll have these big tours. They'll probably play some European festivals for a year or two and they'll kind of fade away. That'll be it. I, kind of wish I'm mean, uh, this would be a great deal for again so i mean i don't wish but i do kind of wish that like um black flag would get added to the uh, roster of artists whose t-shirt you can buy at target <laughs> I, at this point you can get iron maiden you can get the who the beatles yeah. uh the ramones so you might as well i, I just think it would be I don't know, darkly funny to me and to uh, probably less so to a legion of people who have the bars tattooed on their necks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, isn't Henry Rollins doing paid speaking gigs for businesses now? I'm sure he is. Uh, Again, I'm not a Henry Rollins fan, so, you know, that that checks out with me for sure. (laughs) You know, we all get old and we all need to pay the bills sooner or later. And, you know, playing a basement in front of 30 people People is no longer punk rock. Well, regardless, your, your back hurts. Your car needs to be repaired. This is how you make money. Very grim, very grim way to to go out. But hey, you know, rock and roll will never die, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Until <laughs> uh, I don't know, Columbia Records buys up Black Flag's uh, discography, and you hear uh, TV Party being sold for like I don't know, incontinence advertisement i i think it would be very funny if like uh you know, nbc or something picked up uh tv party is like to the song to announce their their fall lineup but you know, we've got like, nothing better to do than watch late night with seth myers too yeah they're just yelling like two and a half men <laughs> <laughs> anger management <laughs> Uh, get 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 the business guys. Young on the Sheldon. Phone. Oh my God! Get the business guys on the phone. We need to make this happen. Um, but yeah, uh, if 
if you go see uh, Black Flag on this upcoming tour, let, write us write in. Let us know how this goes. I am certainly curious. It seems like it's going to be a train wreck, but hey, that's your money and your time, not mine. So let us know. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be one old guy and a couple of slightly younger guys playing the songs you know. And what could be more fun than that? Um, what 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 else do you have here, Jordan? So here's one of our new guys who's cropped up in the past couple of months. I know people were eager for us to talk about this before the holidays. Slaughter to Prevail's Alex Terrible explains his past fascist associations, denies allegations of being a Nazi, and a homophobe. I see. I feel like I've seen way too much of this guy lately. Way too uh, much, and I put the blame squarely on Jamie Josta and like Sumerian Records, who have been boosting this guy and this band far too hard for far too long for not being special. <laughs> <laughs> I won't even go as far as good, just like what is the difference between this guy and 50 other bands that do this? Uh, the difference, I'm glad you asked, is that his associations are far more sketchy. <laughs> He has a lot of YouTube videos that get views. Like, that's the difference. Like, at least Lorna Shore has uh, symphonic stuff in it that goes, oh, well, this is kind of interesting and has some talented musicians. This is a doofus in a mask. Yeah, he, he wears a mask and has like a Sonnen Rab tattoo. <laughs> Speaking of which. Yeah. This is on the PRP. Yeah. Slaughter Prevail vocalist Alex Terrible has shared a new video online in which he aims to dispel allegations of himself holding Nazi or homophobic beliefs. I see. Allegations of terrible harboring beliefs of Nazism made headlines back in 2015 and have lingered since. In the video, Terrible himself charts out his troubled teenage years, stating that he initially identified with anti-fascist circles mm -hmm. before a near-fatal accident with drugs indeed led him into associating with fascists. I see. He it's just more... got zonked out on heroin and was like, ah, oh, I hate Jews. It's, and I hate to say it, but I've seen this over and over again where somebody suddenly gets sober and they immediately like just pivot so far right, racist, uh, sexist, homophobic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I've seen it multiple times with people I know, or at least used to know. And I don't know what it is where you suddenly decide to make a big positive change in your life and then also drag your personality into the worst confines you can go to. Yeah, how do, how do you go from, like, I almost died snorting God knows what, and now I don't want immigrants in my country? Right. It, like, it is... I, I have I have no other explanation for it than profound moral weakness. <laughs> I was just going to go with stupidity, but that works, too. No, uh, that's, yeah. Uh, no, I just feel like I'm feel like a, a, a right-wing guy right now who's like, the, the, the problem is your character. <laughs> I mean, you're just passed out on a couch, a needle in your arm. You have a vision of yourself hovering over your body as the EMTs are putting a sheet over your head and you shoot right up and go, black people. Yeah, <laughs> you shoot right up with, boom. <laughs> <laughs> as Terrible explains it, the weakness he felt from his experience with drugs led him to changing his lifestyle, becoming more aggressive mm -hmm. and physical, which led him to fall in with fascist circles. It was during this time that he got several associated tattoos, including a black sun tattoo, a Nordic mm -hmm. pagan symbol associated with Nazism. 
According to Terrible, it's because of those allegations that he and his bandmates in the Russian deathcore outfit have largely steered clear of touring Europe for the past decade, though they do plan to tour in January. Terrible said in the video of that time frame, which was helpfully transcribed by the PRB. Thanks, Wook. Mm-hmm. And as a reminder, English isn't his first language. Right. So he says, <laughs> It's funny because one day I was hanging out with anti fascists. Then I met the guys, and mm-hmm. they fucking right wing guys. I didn't care. They right wings, you know? I just love them because they hit gym every day. They try to work on themselves pretty much the same as I do, but they were fucking right wing. And of course, when you're hanging with people like that, you just take something from them, you know? Uh, huh, I see. It's it's like osmosis. You uh, use the peck deck and then they sit on the peck deck and then you sit on it again, and you absorb their hateful sweat through your body, and now yeah. you're a racist. No, I can, I can see how that works, yeah. And I start to consider myself a member of this subculture, but I never identify myself like a Nazi. Uh, so you're a member of the, the subculture of Nazis, but you don't identify it. I, I, he's on the bus, but he's not driving the bus. Right. Okay. That makes more sense. He's just like, I'm I'm just here for the ride. Like I'm I'm not doing this sort of thing. Like, don't look at me. Yeah. Okay. That that checks out. I never being racist for somebody or some shit. And they never been racist. Same. Same as I. But they have their fucking political right views. I didn't care. But anyway, I was around 2021 20, or something like that. And I start to hang out around these people. And just because I wasn't smart enough, just because I was looking for somebody to help me or something to help me, I start to go hard with this shit. Like, okay, right now I'm a fucking tough guy. I'm a fucking bodybuilder. I'm a fighter or whatever, you know. I'm dangerous man right now. Fuck <laughs> weakness in myself. Fuck drugs. Fuck drinks. Fuck all of this shit, you know. Right now, I'm fucking strong, and you have to be as strong as me, or you fucking pussy. I see. This kind of person I was after I almost died from all the drugs. I did the fucking black sun tattoo. I want to look cool, dangerous, and stuff. And I was dressing up like a skinhead or something like a grapnik or whatever. Dangerous motherfucker. Hooligan, I was fighting. Right now, I'm 30 years old, and I look at myself like I was just a fucking teenager. It's okay. But at the same time, it's not okay, because at the same time, I start to build my character in the internet. And people start to recognize me a lot. I have a lot of followers already. And that means I have this responsibility. And that means that people see me with all this image and tattoos and all this shit, you know? So this is, of course, my fault. People think I'm Nazi or whatever. Because I have a fucking black sun on my elbow. Had. Had. I was hanging with the right wing guys. I was listening to the fucking music and all that shit. Of course people think I'm a Nazi. But I was just fucking teenager. Lost teenager. And I'm not regret about that. Not at all. Well, I'm glad and that he's not regret about it. Yeah, He has no regret, but he's getting popular online. So now he's feeling he has to change his ways. I, at I least it. outwardly. No, I, I understand. I understand exactly what he's saying. And I'm glad that he's so upfront about it. 
I was hanging out with Nazis. I believed in everything they did. I listened to their music enough to get tattooed with their symbol. But now I'm getting popular online. So I'm now, happy. Go ahead. Now I'm getting popular online. So let me just go ahead and say, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not about this shit. <laughs> I'm not about this life. Ignore everything else that you know about me. Yep. Mm -hmm. Ignore your lying eyes. Listen to my true voice. Uh. I'm happy that I passed this way. I am happy that I had this experience. I'm happy that I almost fucking died because of the drugs. Because right now, who am I? I'm Alex Terrible, and I'm living my fucking beautiful life. My dream. My dream comes true every fucking day. And I work hard. Just because of that experience, I am who I am right now. So when this article, Germany article, came out, I'm fucking right-wing guy. I'm Nazi. I'm a bad guy and all this shit. They cancel me. Like we start to do music with slaughter. We just finished Russian tour and then European tour. And then this article came out and everybody put the finger at me and say, I'm Nazi. You have to be fucking canceled. And they cancel me. We didn't play European shows for like 10 years already. We're going to do the European shows like really soon in January. Hopefully it's going to be okay. But for 10 years, I've not been in Europe just because of that fact. Thank God Sumerian records signed us. Ah, thank you, Ash. And they know about this situation. Thank you, Ash. And they give us this opportunity, and we did a lot of shows in America. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that help. Good job, Ash. And uh, they always see me like a nice, cool person and very talented dude, not like a Nazi. But I understand when people call me a Nazi. And it's fine. But guys, I am not Nazi. With all seriousness, I do not consider myself a member of any subcultures right now. Okay. Because I'm 30 years old musician and I focus on my music only and I try to be a better version of myself. And I try to think and analyze everything I fucking say. <laughs> everything I do. Everything I make in this life. Just because I'm growing up. And I think it's necessary for everybody. Like if you're 30 years old, you gotta fucking take responsibility on these fucking shoulders. I don't judge anyone. Okay. Alrighty. Uh, what do what do you make what do you make of all this, Jordan? I'm dizzy from all that circular running around. Same. So I I hung out with Nazis. I listened to Nazi music. Got Nazi tattoos. Got Nazi tattoos. But I'm not a Nazi. Right. I'm not a Nazi because I am popular on the internet now. I'm not a Nazi because. My band has gotten more attention. I'm not a Nazi because Sumerian Records signed me. Ash is a big sweetie pie for doing us this big favor and legitimizing us along with other people. <laughs> Jamie Jostin. We, we haven't been allowed. Yeah, thanks, Jamie Jostin. We haven't been allowed uh, to uh, tour Europe for 10 years. but Because of the strict laws. Yes, but thankfully, uh, Ash of Sumerian is uh, is helping us out here. So thanks, Ash. When he's not harassing Tom Morello on the street and he is not supporting uh, anti-vax Kennedy for president, he's helping out Russian Nazis. Well, it's OK, though, because his girlfriend is a nurse. <laughs> They've done their research. Exactly. Uh, Ash, come on the show. We got lots of things to talk about. Uh, that would be the most contentious six hour episode. Uh, we'll do it one day. Um, well, I think that's, uh, that's great news. Good job to everybody involved here. Uh, I think that we've really worked hard, 
to get Alex Terrible to this point in life. A lot of a lot of work has gone in. He's very thankful for it. So good job, folks. I mean, that's just the Nazism part. We didn't even get into the homophobia. <sighs> Maybe we save it for another episode, Jordan. Okay. Uh, as for now, though, uh, if people like this show, what what do you think they could do? They could sign up for a Patreon, patreon.com slash Total of Hell, where we have monthly bonus podcasts as well as playlists curated by many of the Total of Hell contributors. And sometimes you and sometimes me when you're like, ah, the month's almost up, Jordan, come up with something. <laughs> uh, I do those as well. You can email us. We love getting emails. If you just want to say hi, you have any questions, you want us to cover any stories, hell at gmail.com, radio at gmail.com. You can find us, like us, follow us, whatever, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Blue Sky. And uh, yeah, come say hi to us. We are around. We love hearing from you. I'd like to give a shout out to those people who email us with the... Um... Uh, the preamble that says i don't fuck with social media you are real and valid and we love you <laughs> you're the best of us and hopefully i'll be joining you soon yep yep uh well uh it's a new year new us let's get this paper everybody we'll see you next time bye
Listening to 66.6 FM, Radio TOVH, The Flush.